shall not curse the deaf. I say that translation with the sign language. Stacy understands. And then after this pause, she is shrieking. She is losing it. And I thought, oh my goodness, what's wrong? I'm new working with this girl. I know what's going on. Okay, catch my breath. And the translation comes back to me. And she's saying, Rabbi Mo, I'm in the Torah. I'm in the Torah. And it just... Welcome to Waking Up to Life with Rabbi Josh, a podcast built around conversations with people in our community who have found enlightenment in their lives. While these events may not seem life-changing, the conversation will reveal how these moments have shaped the way my guests see the world. It's an informal conversation and insights from Jewish tradition, and it may just change your life as well. And if not, it's just 18 minutes with me. So l'chai to life. Today, we welcome to the show my friend and colleague, Rabbi Adam Morris from Temple Micah in Denver, Colorado. Welcome to the show, Adam. It's great to be here. It is especially great to have you here, not only because you're a colleague in the rabbinate, but also because we have been friends for over 30 years. It is so good to have you sharing this place with me, this podcast. And uh, while we'll talk maybe about our friendship later on, I know that you had an experience with a bat mitzvah student that really changed the way you see yourself as a rabbi. So tell me the story. Sure, you know, I've had the pleasure of uh, working with hundreds of bar bat mitzvah kids. They're all great. They're all special in their own way. But there's one moment with one of them that, as you described, really sticks out with me. You know, often I'm spending time on a weekday afternoon with a bar bat mitzvah working on their Torah portion. And first we're diving in and looking at the Torah and seeing what it says. And um, there was one particular student, her name is Stacy Marks. And um, Stacy um, has cerebral palsy and is deaf. And so, as you might imagine, she has some particular challenges in, in doing everything, and particularly becoming a bat mitzvah. And so we work together, obviously her, her um, interpreter and me, to do the work together. And one day we were studying her portion and introducing her to her portion. She had not read it. She had not experienced it. And we're in the book of Leviticus. It's called the Holiness Code, that part. And it's this list of things that after God says to the Moses, uh, through Moses says, be holy, everyone. And this list of things, how are you supposed to be holy? And we're going through and, you know, I'm reading and the translator's translating and then Stacy's trying to understand. And it's kind of this delayed process. And we get to the line in the holiness code where it says, you shall not curse the deaf. I say that translation with the sign language stacy understands and then after this pause she is shrieking she is losing it and i thought oh my goodness what's wrong i'm new working with this girl i know what's going on okay catch my breath and the translation comes back to me and she's saying rabbi mo i'm in the torah i'm in the torah and it just it blew me away it blew me away 
to see. I didn't expect that. I didn't anticipate it. And I was just so moved. Now, you know, moved. Obviously, any of us rabbis have a kid to get excited about Torah. That's a great thing. But that's not what it was for me. I mean, of course, it was partly. But it was mostly that, man, I can only imagine what her life has been like. I can't. I, no, I can't imagine. And to feel all the challenges, all the places that she tried to be herself, but was limited because of the way the world set up. And then here in, in the Torah, in this ancient document with all these stories, she felt she was, they were talking about her. And that moved her so deeply and moved me so deeply. It's amazing to hear you tell the story. I can, I can feel the energy. I can feel the moment and, and actually how it impacted you. Typically on this podcast, I start with a secular story and end up moving it into Judaism as a rabbi. But of course, two rabbis get together. And I guess our worldview, our context starts with moments in the Torah. But I'm, I'm wondering, as you talk about that amazing moment with a student where she saw herself in the text, if it has impacted the way you teach text to everyone, are you, are you looking for ways to connect people to Jewish text, to Jewish experience by connecting to their lives somehow? I mean, humbly, I would say that's always the goal. I mean, always the goal is you want someone to have that experience, that insight. And I think what happened with her in that moment is that she felt heard. She felt authentic and real and had a profound impact on her. And if you ask me for my money, that's everything we do in Judaism is pointing towards that. It's the spiritual exercise of the spiritual toolbox that gets us to under to those moments of wow, of seeing something we didn't see a moment ago, and then using what we saw to get perspective on what we do in the world. I mean, I think that's I, going for that every time. Yeah, it's a universal value to try to, to feel yourself in a moment to, to have a connection to something that is deeply spiritual, that, that brings something in your life into your soul. You know, for me, it's, it's hard to imagine how we could fabricate that with people, right? It, you sort of have to be like Stacy. You have to be in the moment in order to experience that. And yet here we are as rabbis trying to read Torah into people's mm -hmm. lives all of the time. I, I wonder if it is a futile experiment that we're in the middle of, or is there, is there a way that we can, based on your experience with Stacy, find that experience with other people as well? You know, it's, it's funny. I, mean, I think in a way it is futile because, I mean, ultimately you and I, how many programs and things have we done together creating these moments it, in in Jewish life, in camp and, and whatnot. And we think, okay, we're setting up all these things. So it's going to be a wow. And it's usually a good program, but usually the wows come from the things we don't anticipate. They come from the moments that we, we can't prepare for or, or manipulate. And even though that's the case, I, I do believe there's some relationship between that intention all the time of trying to create those moments and and that space and it may not be linear that oh if I do a b and c then wow it happens but if I'm someone who is always paying attention to that 
and welcoming people into the space, I at least uh, put them on higher alert. And uh, I wonder if also there's something that should be said for really listening to people. You know, I, it's striking to me. This bat mitzvah student that you talk about was a girl who couldn't hear, <laughs> right? So she had to be communicated with in a different way, in a way that allowed her to internalize the relationship that you were having with her. I think you said it exactly right, right? We put programs together, we, we put ideas together, we give sermons, we teach, and yet that's not really, I think, how we enter into people's souls. It's by really hearing them and allowing mm -hmm. them to be heard where it really makes a difference. But I wonder, for you, has your experience with Stacy also affected your personal life with your children, with your family, with your friends? Do you see that that uh, that naming that moment as something that you can carry into the rest of your life? I think that what happened, I mean, I, honestly, I mean, I was awed and wowed by that. I don't think that was something I learned new in that moment. In that moment with her, it was something that I was affirmed. It was a truth that, yeah, this is it. When we can be with person and and listen, not just with ears, but with our full selves. I mean, I, I guess I turn around in that how how great it feels to be heard and listened to, and not, you know, we've all been in the conversation when someone's trying to think of the next thing to say while you're finishing your thing. And for someone who has the patience to, to listen and hear. And um, so that's certainly something that's at the core of every, every relationship. I mean, that goes for me a little bit of a, a bit of my theology. I'm a big, I'm a big boob, by the way. And that's short for a Martin Buber follower. And um, but Martin Buber said relationship, God is the thing that happens in relationship when we are in that kind of way and we are fully present with someone and, and hearing them, not just with our ears, but with our heart and even, even loving them, even in all the ways that what they're saying or doing, maybe pushing other buttons that, that uh, push us away. Um, but just, and I think that's what I'm, always striving for in, in, in my relationships. I think it's so important as we come to this next phase of the pandemic as well to put that into action. There are so many disparate ideas, different kinds of people who are not speaking to each other, who are not connecting to one another. And it's because our society has taught us to be so insular, to not listen to other people, to not listen to new ideas that aren't our own. I think that Jewish tradition in some way is speaking to us here and suggesting maybe this idea of listening is not just the words of the Shema, our relationship with God. It's not just a relationship with a bar bat mitzvah student or a congregant. It is actually instructions for how to build relationships, even with strangers listen first, really try to understand what somebody else is experiencing. That may be exactly the value that we need mm -hmm. to move to the next phase of the pandemic. So for you, how are you personally taking the next step as we move to the next phase? 
in your rabbinate, in your life. What are you doing as you come out of the pandemic to be different than what you were in the past? Honestly, I don't think I know that yet. I, I think that um, I feel the same concern, anxiety, awareness of the shift, of there's things that we learn and experience, and we're eager to be back to normal, but normal won't be the same. And um, I think that, I mean, I think we've all had this experience, whether it's professionally, we've talked about this, or personally, there have been really hard things about the pandemic, but really great things. Um, I've got time with family that I would not get. And because of the way my job is, I know the way your job is, just because we are around each other so much, which was mostly great. <laughs> I think most people would understand. Um, and that just won't maintain itself. But how do I, how do we um, structure life that still allows for that? I don't mean, I guess I don't, I don't want to be cynical or skeptical about real. Um, you know, I lived in Australia for a couple of years and loved Australia, loved living there, loved their lifestyle compared to the U.S. And I think I thought when I go back to U.S., I'm going to keep all this great Australian stuff, this kind of better balance of work and play and things like that. And the rabbi who preceded me, I was talking to her about this and she had already come back to the U.S. And she said, yeah, I, I hear you. That's awesome. Um, but it's kind of going to be like, because I said, I said, well, what's your experience of doing this? She says, well, it was kind of like coming back to the U.S. and driving on the left-hand side of the road. <laughs> because I want to do this. I value this. But I got back to the U.S. and everyone's, they're, they're, they're on the right side of the road. I couldn't do that. And I think that we human beings um, do that. We're in a moment and say, yes, we're going to change our lives. We're going to do all these great things. And then we get back and the inertia of life is so powerful. That undertow just pulls us back. And that's what I'm wary, skeptical, I'm trying to pay attention to. But what I think we're saying, if you draw all of this together is, Yes, the tendency is to go back to a point of stasis, right? To what you know best, what is happening around you. But with a little bit of intention, with a little bit of attention, maybe we can hold on to some of what makes real relationships powerfully work in what we learned through the pandemic. It's what you learned with Stacy. And maybe if you could hold on to something of that story, hold on to something of the pandemic, then future relationships will actually be better. And you're experiencing that right now, I know, as a parent. You, you sent your daughter off to college for the first semester, and you have to also hold on at some level and try to find the best that you can in those moments because she's not with you all the time. So how has that felt for you? That has, I'm getting better at that. <laughs> but I, you know, I think that 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 shift I'm learning to do that, I mean, I, maybe I'm not being as skeptical or cynical as I think about this shift, because I think this life thing's hard and it's messy. When we have those moments that it's also clear, it's great, but it's really not structure that all life's going to be like it all the time. So we have those moments of awareness and clarity 
it is exactly what you're saying. They would say, okay, we're going to go back in the world and we're going to do in each moment, have the opportunity just to grasp a, a piece of that. It's not this moment, it's the next moment and, and the next moment. And that's, that's what we do. And yeah, there are moments I, I miss my little girl. There's a, there's a hole in the house. Um, but that's also how it's supposed to be. And so um, the good thing about us human beings is we are so resilient. We have it wired within us to figure this out. But we can't forget, we can't forget the ultimate stuff, the essential stuff. We can't just give over, give over to the undertow. We got to build our raft or build our boat or our surfboard and hop on and, and surf the wave rather than just let it um, overtake us. So I think I'm hearing the takeaway from this initial story about a bat mitzvah, which is to look at every moment very deeply, very carefully, with great intention, and figure out what it is that you can use to build, as you said, your life raft. And that analogy of a life raft that keeps us afloat, that keeps us moving on top of the waves, that brings us the ability to come into shore when we want and to go bit out to sea when we want, is how we survive. And that is an incredible, incredible message for my listeners because all of us need that life raft in order to make it through the very choppy, difficult waters of life. But if we pay attention, if we find those moments, we have the tools within us in every relationship. Uh, it's, a, it's an amazing message. Thank you for helping all of us to understand that. Can I say one more thing about that though? Please. If you, if you miss the moment, be gentle with yourself. Okay. Ride the next moment. Don't beat yourself up. Don't lament that, oh, I can't do this. Okay. You got another moment. Take advantage of that one. Amazing. Amazing message. Uh, unfortunately, we're coming to the end of our time together. And I have a custom at the end of all of my podcasts that I'd like to take you through. And that is to ask you, is there something, a book, a television show, something that you're watching or doing right now that has helped you to move through life that uh, gives you a sense of meaning that you want to share with my listeners? Am I watching, listening to, or reading that is helping me? Mm, that's harder than I thought. I mean, I could be very cliche and Ted, say Ted Lasso because I think everyone's watching Ted Lasso and and uh, finding the joy and uh, insight in that. Um, but um, no, it's not, you know, honestly, one of the things I've done during the pandemic, maybe it fits kind of what we're talking about, is that I have um, revisited some old things that I have not seen. And I've done that with, uh, well, you mentioned my daughter off to college. One of the things we did is we, uh, we had a Harry Potter, Harry Potter book club. And we read the books together, kind of had a book club, two of us, and then watched the movies together. And pandemic afforded us a lot of time to do that. And, um, you know, the, the stories are great. And so we love those stories and we share that love, but it was the connecting and the bonding that certainly was um, a survival point for, I think, both of us in the pandemic. I love that in the age of technology went old school back to the books It is fantastic and there's nothing better than a good Harry Potter story. Yeah, take you through the night. But the books are better than the movies we decided that after the uh, after doing them all. I love it. Well, thank you, Adam, for being my friend. Thank you, 
Rabbi Mo for being my partner at summer camp and uh, as we go through life. And thank you, Rabbi Adam Morris of Temple Micah in Denver, Colorado, for being on the show. Thank you, Rabbi Josh. It's been great to be here. So for all of you, please join me next time and find out more from friends and family and people in our community who have had life-changing moments. Until then, keep waking up to life. Lechaim. Fine.